time of innocence. A state of grace. Terry Noonan never thought he'd come back to the old neighborhood. To the best friend he ever had. To the first girl he ever loved. Violence, intimidation, and fear. Where brother threatens brother. Where love is darkened by betrayal. Where now he's forced to make a choice. Between betraying his friends and betraying himself. You believe in angels or the saints, but there's such a thing as a state of grace. But it's got nothing to do with reality. Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the illustrious Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Every week it happens in an underground subterranean screening room somewhere in nowhere, USA. We don't know what that was. That was probably, oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell is going to ghosts, specters, or the Irish getting back at us because they were, it was bottles breaking. I'm your host, Colin. I'm, sir, I'm beset on both sides by Gary. And Brent. And where is Travis? Where is Travis tonight? Where is our, like, ringer? Because usually we invite somebody to come in, but if you only find out, like, you know, 24 hours in advance. Yeah, I don't know. We've only really been do doing anything. this every Saturday for a year or more, <laughs> two years. So, tonight's movie, it was Gary's pick. And, Gary, what did we watch? This we week? watched uh, Phil Jonow's uh, State of Grace from the year 1990, starring Sean Penn, Gary Oldman, and Ed Harris. It's about a... Young man named Terry Noonan, played by Sean Penn, who uh, actually has to go into his old neighborhood undercover to try and bring down his best friends. Now, is Irish that mob. so? Here's a question right off the bat: Is that already a spoiler? I mean, well, honestly, it's pretty easy to figure out in the beginning because, like you said, when uh, Turturro, John Turturro comes in, and he's giving him the guns. He's like, "I'll see you tonight," and then he just happens to show up at the drug deal and he gets shot by the gun he gave him. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty easy to figure out that part of it. Colin you know. figured it out like right away. I was lost. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> but, just that scene, you know, because that is like the first scene in the movie. Totoro gives Sean Penn the guns. And I'm like, so I guess I, I was hanging on to that going like, what's the significance of that? And the only thing that I could come up with was that, I mean, because in the, in the next well, scene. Well, you nailed it. He you had it laid out. It was like, Totoro. oh, my God, I thought you had read the script. Because he's like, oh, no, he just did that giving street cred. And I'm like, yeah, that's why. <laughs> you know, because I've seen it a hundred times. Well, it was so, either yeah. that or he would, you know, like, Totoro was another, uh, like, in a, a rival, you know, drug gang or whatever. Trying and this was some kind of, yeah, because they knew each other and played like they didn't. And they're like, okay. But, yeah, as the, the movie went yeah. along, I'm like. Okay, so yeah, it's totally we've spoiled it, but because you don't find out, yeah, but not for a while. Yeah, it's at least twenty minutes. It's maybe the second, the, what the first act turn or whatever that. But uh, I just want to say that like the only thing that seemed strange to me was that 
Totoro was like pretty high up in the credits, and then he got whacked like right in the beginning. Which and is was, kind of a giveaway uh, too. Yeah, that's yeah. But you so, didn't actually see him get. Like, he got hit a couple of times in the chest. By the way, it looked. Yeah. yeah. But he just went down. Like he mm-hmm. saw it from the back. Like the camera was behind them, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm always yeah. coming back from chest shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, as you do? Bounce you right back. Yeah, up. yeah, I'm back the next day drinking beer at sure. the bar. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So this is what we would consider this movie in the genre of the mobster drama. Exactly. Crime. Yeah. It's not even a thriller. It's a, no, it's a crime drama. Crime drama. Yeah. There you go. And it's it's set in New York's Hell, Hell's Kitchen, an Irish neighborhood, and it deals with the Irish mob. Uh, in this particular case, uh, Ed Harris' Frankie Flannery is trying to run a deal with Joe Borelli, a local Italian mob leader, to kind of bring the two families together. And it's... It's as that's going on, they're trying to bring Sean Penn, who plays Terry Noonan, in to break this up because if this happens, bodies are going to be dropping the all over the city. Are, the cops are doing that. The cops yeah, are exactly yeah. So the cops have sent him in as an undercover agent because apparently he went off to Boston, became right. he, he grew, well, up, he in the grew up yeah yeah left the kitchen, went to Boston to get away from it all, became a cop in Boston, and then uh, migrated back to New York where they said go in back with your old pals. Right. Or, well, in this movie, to me, this is. Uh, what I was talking about earlier to you guys during the show, uh, when you deal with a movie like Donnie Brasco, okay, mm-hmm. he goes undercover, mm-hmm. but he has no ties to these people. He has no personal vested interest. Right. These are people he grew up with. This is, yeah. uh, in fact, uh, uh, Kate Flannery. That's uh, the uh, Jackie and Frankie's sister. Robin Wright. Is Sean Penn. Yeah, Robin Wright. She's Sean Penn's first love in this movie. They loved each other. Jackie is his best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are people he has emotional ties to. So it's not just doing a, a rat job as he sees it. It's having yeah. to take down people that you love and care about. So yeah. we're not, I mean, so then you take these people that dealing with undercover have to have ice in their veins because they're living lies constantly. Right, if you get yeah. found out, you're done. Yeah. This is a world that has no forgiveness. Well, that is uh, like the thing where you go, like, who would accept this kind of, you know, like, assignment, right? It's like, are you going to go back and, like, your key entry point into this world is your old pal Jackie. Just go talk to him. You'll have street cred because you killed this cop or whatever, these guys... And, you know, you'll get back, you gain their trust and get close to the boss, Frank, and then we're going to be able to bring him down and bring this yeah. whole organization down. It makes the character seem naive in a situation that he would not be naive in because, I mean, these are his old friends, you know, like he knows what they're capable of oh, and he knows what he they're going to get into. Yeah. Like he would not like that's that's where I think it's more like in that like this is a good script, but in that portion of the script i think it's kind of hollywood you know it's it's convenient to have him well they try and explain it yeah i think there's that scene probably is one you're thinking of where he confesses everything to uh robin wright this is later in the movie he confesses it then he comes back to her later and there's the teary moment where he's like you know you have this ideal of you know what's good and bad and kind of thing and like you're going to be able to do this and like i thought i was going to come into it and you know uh, jackie wouldn't have to be part of it you wouldn't have to be part of it you were supposed to be off and married and whatever he's talking to robin right and that he was somehow just going to get close to frank but it's like this whole dream i guess that you have it's like yeah. going into it. it's like what the fuck were you thinking is it the idealism <laughs> yeah. i guess like of being a good cop mm-hmm. got him into this situation where it's like man when i'm here you know, I'm with my friends, you know, my old friends, and you're telling me that I got to put them up. And the other, the cops, Totoro's telling him basically, like, you know, 
These yeah, guys are scummy yeah. fucking These people. guys are your friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, and you wonder how much, like, how many Taturos are out there telling him that, you know, feeding, brainwashing him, saying that this is a good idea. You know, you can just get to Frankie. You don't have to, you know, deal with Jackie. You don't have to deal with, uh, what's her face? Kate. Kate. With Robin. Yeah, with Kate. And uh, I think that, like, Anybody in that situation, if you're surrounded by this, you know, somebody feeding you this information, saying it's brainwashing you, basically, you, mm. and he wants to do the right thing, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, they're just feeding him what he wants to hear. So he goes into the situation thinking that the outcome will be positive. When right. The reality of Somehow it. Somehow I'll be able to do is, some good. Yeah. And there's, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> and halfway through, he realizes he's going to get swallowed up in this whole thing. He can't. There's no just dipping your foot in the pool. You either, you have to dive all the way in. Yeah. And and he realizes he can't do it. He he thought he'd just go in, he'd get Frankie busted, but keep Jackie out of it. And and he sees that now he's involved with Kate and Stevie McGuire, his childhood friend, the things that happens with him. Yeah. Which Stevie kind of reminds me of Lefty from Donnie Brasco. Uh, degenerate gambler you know he's in this life he knows the consequences of this kind of a life but yet he's still out owing these guys these mobsters you know well, thousands he's like and fredo thousands of right dollars. and the godfather it's yeah, like yeah. he's 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 in it but he's not gonna he's never gonna be like the power uh, he's person. a loser yeah yeah but well, he's yeah. just like stuck he's like he's in this you know he's in this position where it's like you're never gonna get to advance to where well, these well, other he's guys a dabbler are. that's yeah. the and you're never gonna be like on the other team so you're gonna be like at the lower rungs of our you know so basically you're the screw up yeah you know yeah. And well, so and because that, of that he gets involved in like this other stuff Stevie's what I call a dabbler. He's never, he's the working guy. He works on the docks. That's where we first see him when Gary Oldman and Sean Penn go, you know, to reintroduce him to the neighborhood. And he's getting talked to by the Italians. And they're like, hey, this $300, this ain't even going to cut it, you know. And, uh, but see, and he knows where he's heading. I don't know if he thinks he has some kind of a limited amount of protection because of who he knows. But it's a dangerous, dangerous game he's playing. And in the end, it winds up costing him. Now, I think he also, he has one of the best hearts of any of the characters. Because when they're in, uh, Fl- uh, not Flannery, uh, what's the old man's bar? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Flaherty. Flaherty. Is it, is it Flaherty? Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> but anyway, Rafferty. 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 Yes. So when they're Good in old pull. man Rafferty's bar and Nichols hits the old man... Stevie's the one that says, come on, it's like beating up your grandfather, for Christ's sake. Yeah, you know, and yeah. he kind of stands up. Well, then, of course, he gets dealt with, too, and it leads into a self-inflicted brawl. And when you said, that, yeah, this is a real professional organization here, and that kind of shows they're not as organized. And, and even if you look at, like, the Westies mm. or, or the mob in South Boston, they're not as organized as the Italians. They're insane. That's what it feels like, right? It's like the Italians seem to... Like, I don't remember a scene in an Italian movie where, like, the crew comes in to, you know, intimidate somebody and, like, they get into infighting within right. there. Yeah. Well, know, because they've uh, been brought up since they were four years old how to act. Yeah. These kids are kind of wild. I mean, even when you're talking about, you know, some of the guys that are in, the you know, the Westies and things like that, you know, they're walking around bars with severed heads, pulling the heads out of bags, going, this is what happens when you cross us. Mm. These aren't smart men. But they count on the, the fear and the intimidation, like in the part where uh, Gary Oldman says, yeah, you know, we popped this union guy, and this one idiot raises his hand. They found his head floating around in a, in a washer dryer over on 47th Street. So, you know, they, they rely on that fear and intimidation to keep, keep their secrets. They don't, I, don't, I don't feel the mob is more, 
let's keep it all behind closed doors. The fewer people yeah. that know about it, the better. These people more rely on that that fearsome reputation. That and based on this movie, the Irish mobsters are always drunk, and that's not a stereotype. And smoking, <laughs> and smoking, and smoking. Yes, well, considering two, you know, yeah. Well, well, we were trying to gauge this at some point because I mean it's a two and two, two and a quarter yeah. uh, hour movie. Yeah, and I swear to God that they are drinking. Or smoking, or both, in every fucking scene. Like, they wake up, there's a beer, yeah. have a beer. They're smoking. This is back in the 90s yeah. where you could smoke in bars and in churches. cars and, yeah. Have a pint of Jack while you're driving. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, On the way to a funeral, let's polish off a fifth or a half pint. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. amazing. I mean, it's amazing, and I guess the way that, you know, you're like, okay, if we were to treat this as absolute reality, like, this is actually what these characters do. They're drunk. 24 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, but yeah, functionally alcoholic is how you'd have to refer to it because they never seem drunk. They just right. do a lot of drinking. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I'm sure you build up some tolerance well, There's very all the few time, times but... when you actually see somebody like falling down drunk in this movie. I mean, like, you know, I guess just the, the time that comes to mind is when Gary Oldman, after his friend Stevie's been killed, he goes to a church because, of yep. course, they're Irish Catholic. That's what you do in the middle of the night. You go to churches. Yep. Churches are open. He goes in there with a case of beer and, and a half pint <laughs> and a half pint and, and some cigarettes pint. and uh hangs out in the church because it's like man that's that's amazing you breaks a lot of glass candles and oh yeah, yeah yeah just yeah, which is gonna of, make stevie a scene yeah, yeah yeah well but see the thing is is you know when you're dealing with that mentality it, it is almost they come to the point where they think well you know we're gonna do all this evil but we still you know we still believe in god you know so they have some kind of a little out there, but well, and I wonder also if the drinking is, and this is like coming from a very like realistic point of view, almost like a therapist almost a waspy kind of. <laughs> but <laughs> but the uh, the idea that uh, you know, like a post traumatic stress, like a soldier coming back from the war, drinks a lot to forget what they've done. Like well, almost like the Italian mobsters would do, or the Irish. I'm sorry, the Irish mobsters would do that because they they don't want to think about like all the shit that's going on. Like, well, well, even even Jackie says that at one point. He goes when he goes to offer uh, uh, Terry Noonan the the half pint of the Seagrams. He's like, no, no, no. He goes, I, I can't even remember. I'm pulling my socks on over my shoes. He goes, that's why I like it. I don't remember what what I've yeah, done. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think they do so self medicate to deal with in, what they're lived doing. Lived in a haze. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting the power dynamic. Whenever Ed Harris has these scenes where he goes to see uh, the Italian Barelli. mob boss. Because the idea, and that, that actor, I'm sorry, what was his name, Joe? Uh, Vitarelli? Yeah, he's yeah. the fucking Italian mob boss in, like, every goddamn movie that you've ever seen. Uh, you know, so whenever um, the... Um, I'm good. The impression is... Because, uh, of course, we're drinking now. We have to. I mean, we just watched this movie, so... We haven't stopped since we started yeah, watching this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how just watching it. And we had to take a smoke break in the middle of it, which we never do, folks. We, we're dedicated. <laughs> we watch these movies from beginning to end. This time there was a smoke break in the middle of the movie. We live vicariously through the movie. <laughs> but uh, just because it was I guess so... for real. We yeah, lived. going out. It's so, so much smoking. But... The idea, I guess, is that Hell's Kitchen, <clears throat> according to what I picked up from this movie, I don't know if this is historically accurate, uh, is a uh, Irish neighborhood, a borough, whatever, of New York. And the, the Italian mobsters are coming in. The Italian mobsters come in and they're organized in some way that the Irish are not. So whenever Ed Harris, who's the head of this family or this organization, this faction, yeah. 
whenever he goes to meet with this guy, it's always uh, deferential to him, which I was like, but I thought this was your neighborhood. But whenever he goes to see this guy, you know, the guy's telling him how it is. And Ed Harris is basically like, you know, has to be quiet, mind himself. At some point, he's telling him, you know, don't make him, you know, he brushes these crumbs off under the floor. Ed Harris does. And the guy's like, emasculating him. him. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where he's like a child. Well, the, uh, the well, he treats him with some certain amount of respect, right. you know. As he like knows, I know he that he knows what needs to be done. Yeah, but then it, it, it even says like you kids over on yeah, kids from the west side. West side. He makes a mess. Yeah. Well, yeah. but see, that's always been the thing because the Westies, which you know is that that mob in New York, they were always used by the Italians because of the severity of their 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 willingness to commit these severe acts of violence. They don't care. You know, they would kill everybody. Mickey Featherstone, all those guys. They would they would kill anybody. They just didn't care. You know, so the mob used them to that that point. Uh, Castellano, for a lot of years, used the Westies. And and then, of course, when, you know, the big power struggle happened in the Gambino crime family and and he was whacked, you know, and John Gotti took over. Then they, you know, they told him, stop putting, you know, our family's name in your uh, in your actions. Don't Mm -hmm. use, you know, don't talk about our family to justify what you're doing. So that led to a little bit of a split between the bunch. But, uh. You know, you've got guys like Whitey Bulger over in mm-hmm, Southie in mm-hmm. Boston. These are notorious criminals. And these guys... I think they're know, making a movie about him called Black Mass. I think yeah. Well, and the thing with Whitey is they said Whitey would kill somebody. He'd have him down in the basement, kill him. He'd go upstairs and take a nap while the guys cut him up and buried him in the basement. That's when he slept the best was after he just killed somebody. This guy's a maniac, you know? And that, that's the thing the Italians liked about the Irish mobsters is because they would cross lines that the Italians wouldn't. That's because they're drunk all the time. That's right. I want to point out. I'm Irish, so I can say that. Mm-hmm. Right? Me too. So, I want to yeah. point out to the listeners: Gary right now is wearing a hat. That, a big bold letter says Irish. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't notice or get it from this point on in the podcast, Gary and Colin are very Irish. Myself, I don't think I am. What? But I, I well, maybe a little bit. But you know, I'm, there I'm more are some of a mutt. bars in. Well, I've been over to Ireland. <laughs> There's places where, like, I remember there was a bar that was pointed out to me, like, you can't go in there unless you have served, unless you've, you're Irish and have served time. Really? You can't go into that bar. And I know, like, in Boston, I think there's, like, some places like yeah. that where well, like, you're they Irish. Well, because they don't want feds infiltrating. Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Oh, wow. absolutely. We're not exactly the most trusting people. But I mean, like, okay, Colin maybe, but Gary, like, if you walked into a bar, I wouldn't know if you're Irish or not. No, because now my beard's going gray. <laughs> yeah, was it? Because oh, it was red. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, all it's the, the sun, it's the Viking influence. Yeah. because my wife likes it's the, the Viking. Colin is a Nordic Viking. Yeah, I or, think, well, that's where my family's Viking. name yeah. comes from. So yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. And and like I said, these are people that aren't trusting. It's a very yeah, but that's a, like a, it's community. just criminals. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, I think it's just, not it's not Irish people yeah. in general. Yeah. I'm saying in the Irish criminal community, they trust no one. They will kill Except anybody. family. They will kill. Well, not even necessarily uh, family. They will if if they think you are a rat. Snitches get stitches. Don't even cover it with those guys. They'll chop your head off, you know, really? and stick it on their hood ornament and drive it downtown. They don't care, you know. Well, I mean, we're say, talking real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that I guess leads me to another, you know, thing about this movie. It's like this movie takes place in this, you know, nineteen nineties. Was it? Yeah, we're thinking this pre-Giuliani New York. Yeah, right. Yeah, like they've the they've 90s. renamed Hell's Kitchen. It's not Clinton. Hell's Kitchen anymore. Now it's Clinton. And the way that it's photographed, I mean, I like the look of this movie, which uh, you know, it kind of like the nighttime scenes reminded me. What I said during the movie, like the Crow or something, where you got you know that wet very bleak, streets, and, dirty. Yeah, yeah, it's side, a very yeah. 
dirty underside of New York kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's shot by, uh, I want to say it was Jordan Crenoworth. I think that's his name. He shot Blade Runner, you know, and did, I mean, it has a very nice look. I mean, just the way that it's, that it, it yeah. looks, but it portrays this kind of, you know, like grimy, dirty, dingy, you know, all the guys wear like black leather, you know, wandering around <laughs> stringy, you know, it's like when Damn heroin chic, you know, yeah. is in vogue kind of. So it kind of does have, like, I'm thinking, like, there's all these 90s movies where, like, all the guys have, like, this look, you know, black leather jackets, yep. you know, kind of greasy hair and, you know, right. wandering around, you know, with guns, <laughs> you know, going in and out of places, blowing people away in, in uh, some kind of urban, decayed urban setting. Did you notice that whenever Robin Wright Penn was in a scene, the light in the scene was like this warm kind of... Uh, well, she, I think she was the whole, almost, that's how they portrayed her in the film. She was his only, I guess, life preserver or his only hope of pulling out of this thing. Something positive that could have come out of this yeah. was him and her getting But nothing together. else in the movie looked that way. And, like, his apartment looked that way. And I'm like, why is his apartment looking? Because she, she came, came, she showed it. up. Yeah. And, like, the very next shot, you know, it was her coming to the door. Her apartment was looked that way. When uh, she works in a hotel, because she's, you know, uh, Frank and Jackie's sister. Yeah. And she's, you know, doesn't she, want to have anything to do with the life of crime. Yeah. So she works uptown, you know, above 42nd Street or something like that, over 43rd, in a hotel. And the hotel has this kind of amber look. Uh, yeah. Whenever they go to the church, which I'm like, well, this is Jackie's scene, right? But no, because she was there. It's mm-hmm. all amber kind of. Yeah, you almost hear the angelic choir in the background when she comes into her. Well, the thing is, though, is what I find funny is she loves Jackie. She really does. She loves Jackie. She doesn't like what he does. Her brother. She loves Jackie. Exactly. But Frankie, she has no, she says, I reject you. I do. You know, so that's because he's an underhanded scumbag. Jackie is actually the more violent of the two. Frankie will do what needs to be done. Jackie will do it just because he's aggravated. Well, Frank yeah, but, is more uh, calculating, I guess. Yeah, and Jackie yeah. Jackie's more loving, and you know, yeah. you do see a little bit with him. And, and he's him and highly emotional. Jackie's yeah. working off emotions, where Frank is working off and intelligence that and alley, brain. That, yeah, that reptile, primordial. Yeah, yeah, beast, like yeah. You know, throughout yeah, the film, you see it. Calculating, right? He's mm-hmm. using higher brain functions. I like think. he's he's cool with taking out Steve. He's going to take out his goddamn brother. He does take out his goddamn brother. You know, spoilers. I mean, no, that. At this point, folks, you yeah, had yeah. better have seen this. Film. Yeah, yeah, it's been around. It's been around for twenty plus years. Get with it. No. <laughs> Watch it. But, but uh, no, and the thing is, is is Frankie is that thing because I mean he does have a point where you see he's trying to save Jackie because at this point two of the other monsters right at one because point, but Jackie see, kills. all this happened because of Frank's bullshit because Frank told Jackie that oh well. Cavello killed Stevie McGuire, not me and Nicholson in the alley, which is what really happened. Yeah, that's pretty much the start of the the chain of events, right? Yeah, yeah. it's because Stevie McGuire, which is play, played money. by John C. Riley, yep. right, in a rare dramatic role. Rare? Yeah, I don't know if it's so rare. Well, the, it is the only one I've ever seen him besides Casualties of War. Oh, I'll see, back oh. before he was a comedian. Wait a second. Now, what about uh, Boogie Nights? That was comedic. Ah, he was the comedic side. Okay, what about uh, Magnolia? Magnolia? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, True, man. I got one. I got one. You got one. All right, so he, uh, this is the plot, I guess, right? So he owes the Italians money. 
the Italians then request Frank, the Irish, to take care of this problem as a favor to them. Yeah. So Frank does it himself, or has his goon kill yeah. Stevie. But then Stevie is the best friend of Jackie, which is Frank's brother, played and, by Gary Oldman. And he flips out, and he's like, who killed Stevie? So th- this, yeah, does set the whole thing yeah, in motion. And, and, yeah. and it's based on a lie, because in the end, it wasn't Cavello that killed that killed Italians, Stevie. Yeah. It was it was, it was Frank. Frank, and yeah. Frank was going to let Nicholson do it until he called him a name, and then he's like, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that." I was going to let you know yeah, Pat yeah. do it because he's the expert. But I mean, <laughs> Cavello suggested it, right? I mean, well, he, yeah, they wanted him dealt with, and they said Borelli, the main mob Italian mobster, said it wouldn't be right for us to have to come into your neighborhood and straighten out the situation because they are big about respect. If it's your neighborhood, you deal with yeah, your but situation. They say it in a way that's like I think because twice they make that kind of thing. It's like if you know, it's like you have to take well, care yeah, of this. You deal with it, or we're because gone. you've offended us. <clears throat> you have to take care of it, or we're going to come in there. And at some point, he says like, you know, I hope you're not trying to start a war because if you are, we'd, you know, we'd crush you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like, so these Irish guys are living under this, you know, invading force yeah. that, you know, basically, you know, it's like they're trying to get into that action, but know that they're like not matched at all because they don't have the organizational skills. No. Yeah. They got guys that are willing to go the distance and die, but yeah. but not enough of them. And right. They're going to get wiped out because even if you're in New York. Even if you go to war with one family, chances are the other four families are going to become involved. Right. If it's, if, especially if it's an outside force like the Italians, the Russians, whatever, going against the mob, the other five families are going to come together, and then you're going to have a whole lot of problems. Yeah. You know? I think it was Colin. You were saying in this film at some point it was like, haven't these guys ever seen another mob movie? <laughs> because <laughs> it's like this is up. yeah, because this is what happens, and it's usually an Italian mob movie. The Italians come in and they clean you know they they clean the slate and they start over especially with the irish and it's always like precluded by the like when you're okay so here you go if you are in the mob Mm -hmm. and your brother who is not really affectionate with you one day decides to give you a big bear hug and say he loves you (laughs) that means you want to get your affairs in order right that means you're on your way out yeah if you are in the mob and you get emotional and you want revenge and you kill the guys on the other team that killed your best friend, <laughs> even though your brother explicitly says, don't do it, why, that was a, I was going to say, but why is the default thing like, well, you know how I'm going to uh, explain this? I'm just going to play ignorant. What are you talking about? Who Have some kind of exit strategy when your brother comes around going, why the fuck did you do it? Telling Other you. than, ah, what are you talking about? I don't know anybody. Yeah. Alcohol. Well, yeah, and he goes, oh, Alcohol. Sit, I don't want him sitting in our neighborhood like he thinks he's the Pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's not going to play well, well either. Yeah, I mean, he, he, of all the characters, Jackie is, uh, I think I said it before, he's the most emotional but he's also the the alcoholic of the group. If the, if you can say that, you know, I mean, if that's not the cat calling the kettle black, but that is a trophy to hold in that and, group. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them. But, well, and the thing is, like you said, Jackie, everything from yuppies moving into the neighborhood and pushing out the families that live there, you know, to to the thing with the Irish coming in. He wants to keep in an Irish neighborhood. You know, he says at one point, you know, they could they could have. Uh, or no, actually, I'm sorry, Terry Noonan says they could have left 10 blocks for the Irish, and that's when he says they don't even want to call it Hell's Kitchen no more. You know, he sees his neighborhood and everything that they believe in is being torn away, Yeah. you know, so 
Jackie is, is seeing this go, but Frankie's seeing, well, now is where we have to evolve and get in with the Italians because this is how we're going to survive what's going on, you know? Frankie's seeing that. Yeah, Frankie yeah. sees it. Jackie yeah. doesn't see anything past Jackie's emotions. Jackie, <laughs> like you said, he is a creature of pure emotion. Yeah. You know, he doesn't think things through. It's just, oh, you did this? Okay, well, now i got to kill you because you killed my friend. Even though I have no proof you killed my friend, my brother <laughs> said it, so, okay, it must be true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And well, there's one that point means... when he's confronted by the idea that, you know, I mean, because uh, uh, Sean Penn, you know, being a cop, the, the, there's a point when the cop takes him aside and says, this is what happened. Frankie killed your friend, you know, Stevie. <clears throat> so well, that's he goes back and tells uh, to Jackie about this, and Jackie doesn't want, even want to hear it. That's my brother you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Tony shoot him in his Not eyes. Not even in entertaining <laughs> the idea. It's like, well, logically, if you look at this, it could be, you know, I don't know. Well, and Terry hears it from two people, right? He hears it from the cop, oh, and yeah, then he and also hears it from the old man yeah. in the neighborhood. Burgess that, Meredith, you know, who shows up. No, yeah. uh, no, actually, he hears Burgess Meredith, the old man. Yeah. He's the first one that tells him that they led that McGuire kid out of there like a prize pig out of out of Patty's bar. Which is Stevie. Well, which yeah. is Stevie. And then he goes, as he's investigating, he goes back to Patty's bar, catches the bartender, and the bartender goes, oh, know, right, it's yeah. one of your guys, and he goes, it was Nicholson. He goes, I don't know his name. He goes, yeah, well, that's his name. And then he knows. Yeah. So, but by then, Ed, Ed, uh, Ed Harris, Frankie Flannery, has already grown suspicious of Terry Noonan and has Nicholson following him. So there's no trust. There's no honor among thieves. That's all BS. They don't trust each other because they all know they're snakes and it could all come back to bite you. So you just have to make sure you're the one doing the biting, not getting bit. And that's really what it boils down to. There is no honor among them. In the end, guys like Frankie, they'll just kill whoever they got to to get to the top. And Even their, their brother. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. It really is a hellish kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. But, okay, so going back to Robin Wright. Well, at this point, she's Robin Wright, Why not we Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, let's, yes, yes. let's stick around with her for a while. Uh, she, I think that's what it comes down to. That, like we were talking about how Jackie is all emotions, but like at, in the moment, Jackie thinks he's doing the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. like whether it be revenge for his buddy or whether it be you know keeping the neighborhood together. I don't know. You know, I mean, he's yeah, he's a bad guy, but he's thinking he's doing the right thing, and I think that Robin Wright Penn sees that in him. And sees that I don't want to say purity because he is a bad guy, but he's not like the methodical, calculating Frank. She still mm-hmm. sees the brother that, she grew up with. Yeah, 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 yeah. She doesn't like she, the stuff that he's involved with. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he even says, you know, uh, you know, he goes, she likes us. She's uh, she likes our money. She just doesn't like the way we get it. Right. And then when she says, oh, keep your money, keep your money, he goes, no, 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 go ahead and take it. You know, he feels bad about what he said. Yeah. He goes, just sometimes my feelings get hurt too the way you snub us. Right. You know, and, and I think it's more Frankie that she snubs than yeah. Jackie. Yeah. You know, she knows what Jackie's capable of, but she also knows Jackie has a good heart. In, in his own twisted version, he has a good heart. If, if you're somebody he cares about, Jackie will go to the wall for you. Yeah. If you're somebody that's crossed him, good luck. And I think she you feels know? she feels a little bit sorry for him because, I mean, Jackie's not the smartest you know, guy in the world. He's he's got his own issue. He drinks a lot. Uh, they all. Drink a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Aren't we sitting around a they, bar pounding beers? They don't now? actually show. Like, what? 
Gary <laughs> Oldman plays this character like uh, extremely on a high wire kind of intensity level. I've always loved which is this why, yeah. but it's why like I liked Gary Oldman like when he first because this is around the time that he first appeared on the scene. I want to say he had done know, Sid and Nancy prior. Something else that he was like, uh, you know, like noticed for. I mean, this is before Dracula. Sid and Nancy, yeah. I mean, I JFK. saw him. Wasn't yeah, he was in JFK, Oswald. right? Man, I thought there was something else. True Romance. Like, True Romance. Yeah, that was definitely one. Yeah. No, the professional had to be after this. Oh, it was after. I just I'm trying to think. I what think you're... True Romance was after. Oh, this Chattahoochee, too. where he was the, in the yeah, scenes. Anyway, anyway, okay. I mean, but he comes off. It's like just by watching this movie. It's like, holy shit, this is a guy, you know, that you can tell is going to go far, you know, as an actor. I mean, like, when they throw him in with Sean Penn, who's generally considered to be, like, you know, a very intense uh, performer. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm seeing, because I was, you know, aware of that, watching, like, you know, when uh, Gary Oldman was in scenes with Sean Penn, just going, like, you know, look at him. I mean, he's so fucking confident going up against Sean Penn, who's established at that point. You know, it's like... And he's just, and I'm like, okay, so is he overcompensating? Because sometimes I've seen actors do that, where they're like, if I'm going up against this guy, you know, then I'm going to, you know, play it bigger. He is playing it bigger, but not in a way that's like, I'm doing this because I'm, you know, like, you're making me step my game up. It's like, I've already figured out this is who this character is. This character is a live wire. And this is how I'm going to do it. It's a very it's a it's a very showy part. It's an attention getting part. I think that probably he got a lot of jobs because of this. Because oh, I was like, I do, uh, yeah, I do wonder because I mean he seems to, I don't know if you would call it chewing a lot of scenery, but he seems to need a lot of props, a, lo- a lot of stuff that he can bounce his acting style off of, you mm-hmm. know, throughout the whole film. And you see that in like True Romance. You see that in his earlier films. You see this kind of loose cannon character that needs to bounce off the walls. He needs all that. Yeah. You know? And he has ticks and stuff. He's yeah. always yeah. like, yeah. you know, performing within the performance. I guess right. his characters are performing. It's interesting because, like, Gary Oldman, I mean, like, you know, again, at this point in time, it's like he was very intense, but there was something very, uh, not sinister, not dark, but, like, there was an edge, maybe, right, to him? Yeah. That that seems to have like worn off now with time. Like I think it was Batman maybe did it. Like now <laughs> yes. post Commissioner yes. Gordon, he's yeah. like the uh, you know he's the old wise man now. It yeah. seems like he's yeah. like when did that happen? <laughs> Tinker Taylor? No, it was yeah. Batman. It, it I mean, like, oh yeah. yeah, you had Batman. Then you know Lawless. He played the old old you know mobster in that movie. Uh, yeah, but just, he was scary well, even, in that movie. I yeah, think wasn't he? Even yeah. even. The scene with him and Sean Penn, where they're going out to the the cop's funeral, and he goes, "You always," and he tries to give him the half pint of the Seagrams, and he goes, "Oh no, no!" He goes, "You always were tougher than me, Jack." And he goes, "I never thought I was tougher than you, just crazier," you know. And yeah. that's that's their mentality. Is it's mm. not even even Penn says that when when John Turturro's kind of chewing his ass on the subway train, he's like, "You know, I thought you you kitchen guys were tough." And he goes, "We ain't tough. We're just crazy." He's, ah, you ain't neither. You're a crybaby. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but And I think that's their mentality. Is It's not how tough they are. It's just they're insane. And they're willing to go to limits that other people won't. Right. Turturro's like another one. You know, it's like, I remember, again, this is in the... It's like, it's watching, like, the heavyweights of this era, you know, like, being this movie. And it's like, now it's... You know, when I saw him show up on screen, it's like, wow, everybody looks so young. And it's like, now John Turturro is, like, the guy from the fucking Transformers movie. It's like, what fucking happened... It's a John Turturro, you know, when he was uh, 
like Barton Fink, and, you know, doing like you know more. Uh, At some point, I, you think maybe they get they they've done that, they've accomplished, and now we're in retirement mode for actors, and you get you get a paycheck. I mean, and, this, I is, guess. this is I mean, if you get cast. older, I mean, you've got you've got Oldman, you got Penn, you got Ed Harrison. As I'm going through it, I was telling you guys earlier, Sean Penn. I mean, honestly, a lot of people kind of blow him off, you know. Do they? But, yeah, I think so because he gets into the more of the Hollywood politics. So I think they look at that. Oh, so that's why he's polarized himself yeah. based on his politics. But I mean, man, you go back. I mean, I even even Spicoli in Fast Times. At yeah. I love it. Yeah, I loved I, him in Spicoli. I yeah. love Spicoli. But, but I don't I mean, think he does. He reference that a lot. I think he wants to be not, taken yeah, for his more yeah. serious. But stuff. I mean, he was in yeah. Taps prior to that. He was married to Madonna. No, yeah. I'm sorry, I was undercutting what you just said. That was. Oh weird. no 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 no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was married, lucky bastard, Robin Wright. Payne. What was what was the movie they did together? Uh, what or Shanghai surprise? Shanghai, yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh my God! I knew it. Yeah, I'm well, gonna leave the show now. I'm done. Well, that I, was my swan I mean, song. But no, but, I mean I, he has. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, you can get. <laughs> well, no, I mean he has done a lot of like you know really good. I mean he's very uh, Mystic River. Well, okay, uh, there, know, there you go. Boys, Wait, let, let's go back to Mystic River real quick because. In Mystic River, is he not almost spoiler alert? Like almost a Frank type character. Well, oh, he's that. an Irish like, he's, mobster. Well, he's an he's a, where he's, he's a connected guy. Yeah, where he's absolutely. taking out his. Well, he's got that Celtic cross on his back. Yeah. yeah. What's the last comedy you saw him in? Comedy, Sean Penn. Yeah. Is he a guy that you go to when you're like you know? Fast like, Times in, was the only comedy, comedy I've ever really seen him in. To me. Well, I mean, but, I saw him in Between Two Ferns where he kind of made fun of himself, but it was yeah. like him making fun of the fact that he's like so To me, he's intense. always been like yeah. Dead Man Walking, Carlito's Way. But then he does know, stuff uh, like, you know. Roma- or not True Romance. Thought, um, um, at Close Range, Falcon and the Snowman. The original Bad Boys. Yeah. About the, uh, the uh, yeah, juvenile the, prison. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were going with Will Smith at first. I was like, Whoa. no. Do you remember the time that he was at the Oscars and like Chris Rock made a joke about like Jude Law? Who's Jude Law? And so for uh, yeah. Sean Penn won something and he comes out, or no, he's presenting, I think, next. He's like, just to correct our host, Jude Law is one of the best like actors of our generation. Blah, I blah, remember blah. that. Yeah. And it's like, dude, are you. Like, seriously, like, you have no sense of humor at all. I mean, that's how he comes off. He's just intense in that kind of way, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's good well, see, Tom and that's what I here. think people have kind of gotten to know him as. Because he's gotten on some cause bandwagons in Hollywood. Yeah. And people kind of look at him like, oh, he's he's for he's for this country or that. And, and they lose what he's done on the screen. See, that's, that's me. I don't care what your personal politics are. If you can entertain me in a movie, then I'm going to watch you. You know, and he's always entertaining one of the best roles, uh, Casualties of War. Yes, that crazy sergeant he played in there. That what he did. Yeah, that was that was an intense role. That, yeah. I mean, I didn't like his character. I hated the character. I want to say he's directed some stuff too. Maybe in his career, I'm sure. Like is yeah. it the Indian Runner or something like that? Or I'm sure he, did he has. directed that one with Jack Nicholson. The uh, damn, I saw it too. I don't. I know. can't. It was like yeah, the, not the Edge. It was the Pledge. But I mean, now, yeah. like, this is a character that you could say, like, you know, he you get, you see him as these roles, but then he does stuff like I Am Sam and uh, oh, well, Milk, you know, movie. like, yeah. like, but these are characters that are <clears throat> oh, very, very different from, like, him as, mm-hmm. like, an actor. Like, this is a film that I would say, yeah, this is, like, Sean Penn, if I was, you know, yeah. thinking of a Sean Penn film, but, like... Milk, holy shit! You know, I mean, like right. that's that's like completely out of left field well, for him. And what's the new one, newer one he did where he's? It looks like he's dressed like a woman on the cover. I I can't quite remember it. It's a kind of a newer film he did. 
kind of making fun of him. So, but anyway, the is whole it a point comedy? Is, yeah, it's in there. I meant to write it down. I should have. Man, we never should have fired Captain Google. <laughs> I had it. I had it, but I was trying to get back on my notes because I didn't want to come across as pompous. But you're right. No, it was there. Yeah. So, but no, but I mean, you're talking about three heavyweights to me in Hollywood. Three of my favorite actors. Oh, did no, we talk about Oldman and, and Harris? And do we talk about it? Or, well, Ed Harris. We don't ever talk about Ed Harris in Creepshow. If that's where you're going with the no, dance. No, scene. no, no. Actually, talk about the curly. You know what this? <laughs> you know what it, I thought of it, while I was watching this movie, and I don't know why. It's like maybe my exposure to Ed Harris isn't as wide as it should be. But I thought of uh, History of Violence. Like his character in that oh, yeah. was oh, yeah. like that's the other. You know, it's. I mean, he's another mob boss, you know, mm-hmm. some type yeah. of. This is significantly older guy than uh, right, right than in here. But that's what I was kind of like a couple times during this movie. I was reflecting back to that. Have you seen Just Cause with Ooh. Sean Sean Connery, Sean Connery, uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Blair Underwood, Blair Underwood and. And Harris, Harris plays a serial killer in the prison. Yeah. How did my mother and father smell? That the way he plays that character, that sounds that he <laughs> comes across like that creepy hillbilly serial killer. Yeah, he he did real good in that one. I remember the that. first time I seen him was in Night Riders. Yeah. The George Romero where yeah. they, they jousted on motorcycles. Yeah, he was yeah. Billy. Yeah. He was the leader of the of the oh, night. Shit. Wait. Did you see that movie? Wait, is that the I've time travel? No, that's time no, writer. No, no, that's, that's time, time, time writer. Okay. No, this is like they're they they're like a traveling troupe of <clears throat> they reenact like jousts and stuff like that, like at a, a Renaissance fair kind of on thing. Motorcycles, <clears throat> but they're on motorcycles. But even in that, like I mean, because he's young in that, but like goddamn, if he doesn't he go in, it, it feels like Ed Harris is one of these guys who goes into every single project that he takes on, and like. You know, just like, again, he's another, like, fucking super intense uh, actor. Just, mm-hmm. like, becomes the guy. I mean, he's like a Daniel Day-Lewis, I think. Yeah. You know, like, with that level of... Maybe that's all the guys in this movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're looking that's at Gary Oldman, Ed Harris, and Sean there, yeah. Penn, who are, like, just these fucking super intense... I mean, you really are looking at, like, you know, if you want a movie with actors acting... Can you, you imagine know? what that set was like? Holy shit. I mean, you got guys that are walking around like, don't break character, you know? I mean, like, fucking, that's serious shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm always... You got three said, of them. <laughs> well, and, and I have it here in my notes, but uh, when it comes to Ed Harris, you know, you're talking about, we'll skip, we've already talked about Night Riders, we're not going to talk about Creepshow. Uh, the Right Stuff, The Abyss. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Glenn yeah, Gary, Glenn yeah, Ross. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a fantastic yeah. movie. Uh, the Firm, Needful Things, Just Cause, Apollo 13, The Rock, Enemy at the Gates, Radio, A History of Violence. And Did you see, ever see uh, Pollock? Because yeah, I want to say direct Jackson Pollock. Yeah, because that was like a passion project. Uh, I haven't Guardians seen it. tie-in, but we won't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't ever, I haven't seen it. But funniest part of Guardians. What? Yeah, yes. This ship. But, <laughs> it but, looked but, like a Jackson but, Pollock no, painting. That's what I'm saying. And he, and he has that range, you know. Because, I mean, even the coach in Radio, I don't know if you guys have seen it before. Mm-hmm. With uh, Gooding Jr., where he's yeah, mentally no. handicapped, yeah. and the coach kind of takes him in, and people—it's—it's it's a great role. I'm aware you know, of it. Yeah. These are these are like I said, these are definitely three of my favorite actors. All right, question: When's the last time you saw Ed Harris in a comedy? Go anyone? 
uh, funniest Ed Harris creep show, the dance one. scene, and, uh, intentional comedy. Oh, okay, intentional. Wow, <laughs> All right. he had to play a dad of some daughter that didn't want a boy to date him. I don't know. I, I'm trying. Right. I'm, so I'm Gary Oldman just insert generic plot A. <laughs> I know yeah. Gary Oldman's been in some funnier movies. Lost recently. in Space. He played Doctor Smith, but that wasn't a comedy. No, he was comical. Gary Oldman, yeah. Gary Oldman. So all these guys are like you can't. They're like they're typecast, I guess, in a way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so are we saying this is a question for the group? I, I guess. What is the definition of a great actor, as far as like you know, if you if you talk, is it range where you can like I can be in a comedy, a drama, uh, I can be in a science fiction film or this, and I can be equally awesome at all that? Is it being a chameleon? And being able to play like all these different parts, so it's like, holy fuck, that's Tilda Swinton? I never would have, you know, or Daniel Day-Lewis, they transform, you know, or Gary Oldman in early in his career. Well, you- or is it just being able to be like consistently, like, you know, it's better than good. I mean, it's consistently great in everything mm-hmm. that you do. But that could be well, see, that, that's what well. it falls for me. Right. I mean, if you can pull all those off, that's great. But if you're just the best in a dramatic role that you can be and you bring everything you can to the table, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. But if, yeah, if you can pull off comedy, because your... with me, Penn, you know, pulling off Spicoli, you know, most of his stuff has been drama, mm-hmm. but Spicoli's the only comedy role and he pulled that off. And, that but was that was fun. when he was like 17 yeah. to 20 or yeah, something. I mean, he getting into the business and that's that, what you do. Yeah. You know, I think it's, but, it's kind of, like when I look at Heath Ledger and what he did with the Joker, uh, the idea that like, well, okay, so this is also kind of like the Academy's point of view, maybe, but I don't know. But uh, the idea that if you can entertain as your the character that you portray in the film that's up for the award or whatever, you know, like the 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 character that you're playing, if that gets more attention than any other character that came mm-hmm. out that mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Then you have succeeded. Whether it be comedy, whether it be superhero, whether it be drama, whether it be horror, you know. I mean, I think that's that's a big part of it. If you can, like, and the word entertain is kind of generic because it, I guess it's just making people take notice and feel something for your character, whether it be identifying with your character or just being in awe of the performance that you see on screen. And I think, I don't know, I mean, like, it, a lot of that comes from writing and for and what are we even talking about? <laughs> wow, <laughs> what was your yeah, yeah. Was originally what was your definition of what makes a great actor was it yeah. one of those three categories or like what is it that you know i think yeah and like i guess for me it's like to become a great actor you need a good role i guess maybe i'm thinking you know like something that like like maybe the role brings you up to that level. Yeah, but I think all three of these guys have had some great roles. Yeah, they and I keep, I was yeah. trying to like you know I'm, I always try to like <clears throat> when I see an actor doing something where you're like that's fucking awesome you know like what I was thinking of what Gary Oldman was doing in this movie I mean like it's a part that calls attention to itself. Yeah. So you have to be happy that it's written to be the showier part. I mean the Sean Penn part in this like. Is not the one that gets the attention. I don't think. No, right? no. Jackie is definitely the, <clears throat> the shinier yeah. in this movie to me. He's the dynamic force. In this so movie. it's like okay. So then I go. You know, I try to do a little mental exercise, or I try to imagine. You know, when the guy's saying the lines, what this scene must have looked like on a piece of paper when they looked at it. Because I mean, I've read scripts, and you look at a script, and you're like, 
I don't know, I just don't see it. And then you fucking see the scene and you're like, holy fucking shit. You know, it's like the choices that they make and the way that they play that off. It's like, where did you get that idea yeah. to, to react well, that that's way? Like, yeah. that's like it, it sounds so the, natural the when you, then they do it. When they're doing the hand scene, when he's... He wants to show Terry. He's like, oh, well, you know, this was Frankie's idea. We got so tired of throwing away our favorite piece after every job. And yeah. he opens, and there's these two severed hands in the freezer. He just takes them out like it's no big deal. He goes, say hi to say hi to Flannery or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, yeah. that leaves a lot to be imagined, like yeah. from the paper to how they act it. That well, is. and the way they're doing you can tell they're friends yeah. because he's like, what are you scared? And he's grabbing him with the hands and he pulls out the gun. And he goes, okay, hands up. And it's just comical. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. Still, it's like, was yeah. that scripted or was that improvised? Cause it feels, it feels, it feels improvised. It feels like you're watching. And I guess maybe this is the thing that elevates, you know, uh, you know, this movie to like a level of, uh, you know, drama, I suppose. If that's maybe the, whatever the echelon of, that you're trying to go for in cinema, it's like, it feels like this is real. All these characters feel real. Yeah. Like, it feels like they have lives that they live in, you know. It's like they don't feel contrived. Yeah. They feel like everything that they do seems to be naturally occurring from the character that, you know. I think, yeah, I think maybe that's what does make a great actor is, like, they're taking what's written on the page and they're, they are making it real. And they're adding, like, not only real, but, like, different facets of that character. Like, the hands thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, or, the, like, different nuances about the character well, well and even 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 uh pen and, and robin uh robin right robin right when they're doing their scenes you know and she's like trying to decide if i'm mad at you and you can just see even though you know we know now that they wind up married you almost feel the love between the two characters you know what i mean you can feel they still have that bond well, it's interesting that you say that because that kind of brings me back to like where I wanted to talk about like the character arc of uh, Terry, but she's like the significant linchpin in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let me talk to about Robin Wright Penn for a second. Uh, so if we're talking about like this ensemble of actors, it's like she basically gets what is the girl role, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm keenly aware of this when I'm watching this movie. I'm like, Robin Wright Penn is the girl. Who gets thrown in, like, this is the guy's movie and she's the girl. Yeah. Who's going to somehow intersect with these uh, plot lines and make them veer one way or another. Right. By, um, and tie all the characters together. I think it's always That's interesting right. that when there's a female character, you know, in a movie, you know, where she's the lone female character. Uh, female characters like this always go through, like, these wardrobe changes. They never wear the same thing twice. The guys always do. Like, I can't remember what Gary Oldman was wearing aside from a black, black leather jacket. Black jacket, t-shirt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and somebody else, you know, Sean Penn's black suit. Yeah. But Robin Wright Penn goes through, like, you know, the black pantsuit, the uh, the jeans and a t-shirt, you know, the, you know, there's like the, the towel. towel. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Let's not know. forget the towel, by God. <laughs> she goes through, like, I'm always, like, keenly aware of, like, okay, you've got your actress and she's beautiful. How are you going to show her off in these scenes? But she has like these dramatic uh, scenes where I think Brent, maybe you could talk to this, where she, uh, you know, because she's reactionary kind of in the beginning. Like you were saying, she does have that kind of, uh, uh, there's a spark between the two characters, her and Sean Penn when they meet. But she really has her big, like, it's like, oh, here's her acting moment. The moment yeah, her, her meltdown, her yeah. erotic scene. Her, yeah, three quarters of the way through the film, she has this moment where... Uh, 
at this point, Sean Penn has told her... I mean, she, the character has a lot going on upstairs in her head because Sean Penn has told her that he's a cop going undercover with these Irish mobsters. She is aware from a source that her older brother, I'm guessing older brother Frank, yeah. has killed her uh, other possibly younger brother Jackie's best <laughs> friend. I'm trying to place them in the family right, tree. Yeah, yeah. Uh so like she's got all this going on upstairs and she finally you know she sees her therapist who we can only assume told her to confront Terry about this I guess mm, you know I, I suppose but when we see it as the viewer of the film we see her walk into is it his apartment and I believe so she is she is distraught she's stressed out she she goes through the this gambit of emotions like in in like in the matter of probably like it's like a five minute scene, but I mean it's it's an intense scene because she walks in and she's confronting Sean Penn about what happened, mm-hmm. you know, like what she heard, what she was told, yeah. and at this point, is Jackie dead? I think no. so. Is he I dead? No, he's not but dead at this. I point, mean, just no. like the intensity of her performance, right? It's like oh, you're she, talking about when it's she like she, the strength thing. Yeah, yeah. No, Jackie's, Jackie's not, dead, not dead. dead. It's because yeah. she's got a yeah. It's like she's conflicted. Do I tell my my you're you're trying to put my uh, my brothers in jail. Yeah, you know it's like I have this uh, yeah that's you know, affection for you, yeah. but I know you're a cop. Even though she's on the right side of the law, she still feels you know. Even uh, though at that point, like she's not even really sure. Oh, that's what it was. She's not sure if he's a cop or not because she just heard that he took out two guys during well, a no, bad he drink. Told he said, that, "I'm a Judas." Yeah, he he had a drunken meltdown. He was, yeah. he was drinking. And he uh, said that he was a cop. That is in this so movie. then her brother tells her that yeah. she sh- he shot a couple. You know that uh, oh, Sean so Penn shot a couple guys. She's like, my brother's telling me this. You're telling me a cop. Yeah. Blah, 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 you're well, a cop. Well, and he even brings up the point. Why would he tell you that? Because he, she he's trying to point out. He's just trying to undermine me. Yeah, that's all he's doing. Right. Yeah. And but like, I mean, as as an actress in these movies, I mean, it's like, is the, uh, you know. Is that, I guess, why you do it? Because you got like this moment where you can you can play like sultry, you can play sexy, you can play smart and intelligent, and then you get to play like this hysterical. Freaked out, yeah, yeah. Because they they in that scene they do go from like almost to the point of making out, or maybe they are making out to like her freaking out and, and hit just demon. yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think that to me that did display her range. Mm. You know, she does she can pull all those emotions off. And she does it well in this movie. I, like I said, I, I love the cast in this movie. I think yeah. the acting ability. Like, yeah, I think that scene is an acting one hundred and one class. Just show that scene and like try and get there. You know, <laughs> emotionally. Well, I guess, yeah, but that I guess that, that feels a little trite to me. Like it's like here's your big acting scene. But I mean, I guess that's you know that's all. Well, she that has a couple. Really she has was. the thing after they find Stevie's body. And she's like, I almost forgot what you guys were like yeah. in your life, and I don't want to get yeah. drawn back. You're right. I'm, I'm being more nitpicky. She is a compelling character, I think, the entire way through well, the movie. Well, she's redhead and gorgeous. So, you know, That's true. And there's a couple shots in there where Cronenworth shoots her in a way that she's just fantastically gorgeous. Robin Wright, we love you. Okay, topless. So, topless. And topless. And, uh, we love the way that you shot her topless. Jordan, I'm sorry that you're dead or wherever you're. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. We're drinking. I want to. I want to point that out. Is and we dead? had some uh, winter. He had like cerebral palsy or something. It's something. Uh, I don't know. He's off the. Okay. His son. His son Jeff. <laughs> his son Jeff is working with friend. David Fincher now. 
And we've had some Jack Daniels Winter Jack Tennessee Cider, which we recommend. And this Absolutely. episode is not sponsored Don't by... Don't tell them that unless no. they're paying us. Right. Uh, okay, so character arc. Because <clears throat> I have a question. I'm going to lay this up. Okay. And then I I'm, I want to find out where we're going from here. So, we've got Undercover Cop, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's got a friend, Jackie, who's in the mob. He feels bad. Like, I'm going to rat him out. He's dating Jackie's sister. Which makes him feel even more bad. Right. And she's like, I don't know where I feel on this uh, whole thing. So, Jackie gets killed. Because the cops want the undercover guy to find Jackie's brother. Get to the head guy. Yeah, Okay. So, once Jackie is out of the picture, it's like, okay, so you're kind of open now to, like, pursue Frank. Right. Okay. The only thing that was holding him back at this point, I think, because it's like, now you're not ratting out your friend. Now your friend's dead. Now you can go after the guy who killed you. Right. Uh, But you still got, you know, Kate, the sister, the love interest. I'm actually actually kind of surprised by this because I expected them somehow through all this stuff to find out that, like, they truly love each other and blah, blah, blah. But she's like, basically, no. You're on the other side of this, of my family situation. And even though I have this affection for you... She's still coming down on the side They're of the my family. brothers, and you're going to put them in jail. Right. Quick aside, mm-hmm. I find it interesting that, like, multiple times she acts against her own better judgment because she's clouded by emotion. She likes the guy, and there's a couple times when she's like, "It's like you shouldn't just let you shouldn't just let him in," but she does because she and she knows it. She's like, "I shouldn't let this guy in," but she's she like, lets I'm wearing him a in. towel. Should I let him in? Well, she even <laughs> says, "You know, nobody forgets their first love." So I yeah. think she's struggling with but that. But that comes out like a lie. It's like she, family. she acts against her own like judgment because she's in love with the guy, which I suppose that's, I don't know if I'm attributing it. I'm going to get myself in trouble. You can't. I'm not even going to say it. Okay, so, so here's my question, right? So at this point, now, uh, because the love affair has gone sour, so now that's not, cl- so for our main character, Sean Penn, yep. his friend is dead. So that's not a problem. You're not betraying your friend anymore. Nope. The love affair has gone south. She's like, get the fuck out. So now he's got a clear path to Frank. I know yep. where you're going with this. Yes. All right. So now he makes some really fucking weird choices that lead us to the end of the movie. Explain to me what happens here. Okay. Because in the end, this is how I've always taken it. And, and, and you know, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. The law isn't going to handle Frankie how it should be handled. Frankie, why not? Down he's got three. Frankie, he's got Burgess Meredith. Mm-hmm. The other dude's dead. I guess the witness. Burgess Meredith won't say anything because he don't want his head floating around in the dryer on Forty Second Street. These people in this neighborhood. Sean know. Penn was there. He witnessed. He didn't actually see it. He said, "I was over." He goes, "You were here. Who shot him?" Now this could I think be. He was bullshitting I think he on that. Did. One. I do. I do too. But yeah. what I'm saying is, he told them, "I don't know. I was over there doing your rat job instead of here backing up Jackie how I should have been." So. To me, the thing is, now it comes to the point where, you know what? You killed my best friend. So you yes. have destroyed any chance I have of being with the woman I love. Now I'm going to gun you and your goddamn goons down because the police are never going to punish you enough for what you've done to me. All right, so is that that's fucked up because that's how all of these movies end. Yeah. Where it's always like, That's instead of letting the process take its, you know, because the process, I mean, that'd be a boring movie. Well, there'd be a court 
courtroom movie. Yeah. That would that's happen. We're, and we're, just, an hour, we're two hours and ten minutes action. into it. We can't have that yeah, now. We have to have action. So instead of a... Yeah, the guy goes and fucking on a suicide run. Yeah. To kill all these Irish mobsters in awesome slow motion. So and it takes like 15 well, minutes. To me, it's almost time. his penance. What? It's, it's alcohol induced. Everything <laughs> is alcohol induced. We're dealing with the Irish mob. Oh, why don't you just say it's, I don't like Irish people? We, no, we're I, okay with it. I love Irish people. Oh, I do. Okay. But, because I mean, we drink all the time, we're fun. That's I'm drinking right now, but uh, <laughs> the, the idea is that uh, if you want, if if I had to give you an answer, Colin, it would be the fact that he's like in a uh, an alcoholic state. <laughs> but is he really? Yeah. Drunk? He wakes up at he wakes up at Penn Station. He could be gone. Yeah, but he doesn't. He could have left. He goes and gets like, his bag of guns from the original. Yep. It's the same bag, he which I don't know how they the police. kept that the whole time. He was drinking the whole time he was at the station. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. He quits. <laughs> he tells Totoro, fuck yourself, basically. Yep. Like, I quit. I can't yep, do this anymore. I quit. Which to me says, I can't do this anymore. I'm, you know, there's a rage, you know, there's a conflicting rage of emotions inside me. And I'm afraid I'm going to get killed. I'm afraid I'm going to get killed. i got to get out of this. So what does he do? He goes, he gets his guns, and he goes storming into their pub and goes out in a blaze of glory. Yes, he takes everybody else down, but he dies himself, we assume. Yeah, because he's bleeding. Now, he's hit pretty he's bad. Shot yeah, like I mean, three. there was at least one liver shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's I'm the optimist bad. of the group. I think he makes it. <laughs> What? I think I think Robin fades Have out. Have you Believe seen a movie before tonight? No. I think Robin Wright is going to find him, and she's going to call an ambulance because they show what her at the, the end. Hell? And, and, then, like, and then she's Brent's going to ride off on his unicorn into the land of, of make believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they show her to give. Yeah, actually, that was kind of weird. Like, why did they show? Yeah, the why, thing, why did they show? The movie culminates. It's an Irish uh, theme movie, so it culminates during uh, the New St. York's Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> yeah. there's... Yep. So that's we, right. Screw you, Chicago. We're going to New York for it. It Toss does up. take Toss a moment to actually show. Hey, look, Robin Wright's at the parade. Right. It doesn't show her walking toward the bar. It, She's at the parade. It shows Sean Penn walking to the bar, like crossing the parade. Yeah. So like they're in the same vicinity. Even though I know the what? parade is miles long. It's I miles know, long, dude. but. I like to believe that this is what's happening <laughs> because just write your because own otherwise good with it. I, I, otherwise, he dies, and it's sad. she doesn't like him, love him. And that's what that's what happened. <laughs> but, but in that, but if you end it like that, then the Care Bears can't ride off on the unicorns, and that will just shatter everything. That's the harsh, harsh reality of life. Well, you can, he dies, in this she doesn't like him. Absolutely. Then why don't they show it? But somehow justice because is served. What they said is to me the way that movie ended. You see, pen down behind the bar, Harris hole in his head. Justice has been exacted, but he's also going to pay the price for what he did. Because yep. he, in the end, he crossed the line. He's no yep. longer a cop anymore. Yeah. He's a criminal he at that point. He murdered people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, <laughs> and that, everybody in this film did. paid the price. And the it's like, so it's not, a, it's not tragic for, like, because I thought maybe, I mean, with, with uh, Robin Wright being as prominent as she was, I'm like, well, this is going to go one of those two ways. She's going to get caught up in the crossfire. The Italians are going to kill her. Or worse, more pedestrian. They'll take her hostage and torture her. And some, 
you know, and then he'll have to whatever the fuck, and she'll but be then dead been and, in three hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm I'm grateful that it kind of like went that other way, where she's just like fuck you and stuck with that, and went you know. But it's like okay, so why do we have that final shot of her at the parade? You don't really need that. She's out of the movie at that point. She's told him to get the fuck out of her apartment. Yeah, yeah. And just like, push the button, makes her lock. Yeah, and you that leave. could be the last scene going of her in the movie. But they have a shot of her. At this parade later, yeah, for it's idiots like, like me that think that they're going to get back together, is that what it is? Is that for is, just yeah. to give I that think hint? So. That, I yeah. think so. How the I still I'm not making the connection. She's at the parade. She's nowhere near the bar. But you're saying somehow she's going to come to the bar. Well, the fact that they show Sean Penn walking across the parade and she is walking amongst the parade that like, that to me again idiot connects the two. I don't think you're an idiot. I that's think you're saying, hopeless romantic. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. more idiot. I don't okay. think you're an idiot. <laughs> I was going to go You're an idiot. optimist. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll take it. God bless you. We're Irish. We're going for the you're dead behind the bar. Yeah. That's what yeah. we went for. That's how I see yeah. it. He is yeah. fucking dead, but he got the people that he, he wanted his to ruin his life. Yeah. In a glorious uh, squib battle. Yeah, like, yeah, way too much exploding blood in that. No, that I, I, not enough. No, like you can never have enough. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you want you want this blood I grew like up in an old era exploding where, like you said, off. There's just you. a black hole in the shirt, and you fell down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and then later on they painted you with a paintbrush. Exactly. Like, yeah. Or now you're dead. No, no. I come from now. the good old days. You get the slow mo. I think what was the Godfather changed all that? What was it? Don't even get me into modern gun battles. Maybe things exploded. Realistic. (laughs) Well, yeah. Now, now, like the computer stuff. I can't handle that. Well, but I'm, I'm. You know, like I said, this movie to me, it ended on the perfect note. He crossed the line. Knew he was crossing. He went from being a police officer to. I don't want to say spirit of vengeance. He's not ghostwriter for Christ's sake. But I'm saying he went to that avenging angel and, and he crossed that line. So he knew in the end. <coughs> or he became common thug. Avenging angel or common thug you. You decide. <laughs> and let us know. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. no, but to me, he, that's how he came across. In the end, it was, it. his mission was done. So he could lay it down. He didn't have to carry it anymore. And that's what he did at the end behind the bar. It just faded out, and that was it. But, I mean, he took some massive hits. I mean, those had to go through the liver, kidneys. He wasn't coming back from that. He's that's, not coming back. When you get that yeah. dark red arterial blood, you are not coming <laughs> Sorry, back from Brent. that mode. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. We're just crushing, crushing the unicorn dream of happiness and rainbows. <laughs> well, clouds. Yeah, but if you really want to get storm clouds, it's raining and there's mold everywhere. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> I hate sad endings. Sadness. Uh, if you really want to get uh, like seriously realistic on it, though, I think that that character would have left town the second that Jackie got killed. When, or well, when he tells Totoro to go fuck off. I mean, like yeah. that. That would have been the point. Like, yeah. He hits. He, that makes more sense. A rational he's he's going to kick have. rocks at that point. Yeah, he's, he's like, get me out of it. That's where right. his character was saying that he was going, basically. He's like, I'm going to yeah. leave. That's why I didn't understand why all of a sudden, I mean, I get, you know, I get the vendetta deal. You know, I get that that's what you wanted. You know, it's like that's where we want to be served as, you know, an audience member, I guess, if you're if it's entertainment. You know, it's like yeah. we want that, you know. But it's like, yeah, at that point, it felt like everything his character was saying was like, I want out of this. I want, fuck this. I want to live. <laughs> right. And then he turns Once around and goes on a suicide mission. She was like, what yeah. in the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> like, you could have cop backup for this, but whatever. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, yeah. 
Uh, before we wrap up, I suppose we should see if Igor is around. See if we have any mail from uh, previous episodes. Igor, you here? Igor? Igor. Masters! Masters, the mail! I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising. Rising. All right, so we got, uh, we didn't get anything on State of Grace, Gary. I'm sorry about that's that. That's all right. Not but, everybody's sophisticated enough, but that's okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we do have a comment on our House of Wax episode. Dom Cree. Dom, how's it going? It says, the mere mention of Dead Heat featuring Joe Piscopo was an amazing highlight of this episode for me. Either Gary or someone has to review that masterpiece. Why does it always fall to me? Well, Dom, because I love you, you took up the gauntlet will, and watched will, Aerobicide fact, actually, or whatever the hell it I was. I just watched the movie a week ago, but I'll rewatch it and, and, and catch up on it. You just watched Dead Heat a week ago? I have no movie standards. Why does that surprise you at no, this point? No, but that's shocking. Uh, why did not? You, did you Tom, know he that just they wrote that? fighting dead Chinese right, let's chickens. Have, let's have the two-minute review. Okay. So, you have the movie Dead Heat. Featuring Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams, who are two cops investigating a series of armed robberies. These armed robberies are being done by reanimated corpses. Now, it turns out it winds up tied to Vincent Price, rich people, shocking as that is, trying to escape death. And it's just a fun, stupid movie, but I enjoy it. That's it. <laughs> well, all right. There you go, Dom. That was a, a shocker and a surprise. Boom. Two minutes. Two like, minutes. I think wow. it, it came in under the time limit, I think. Also. Yeah. yeah. Give me proper time to review it. But that's it. But yeah. no, it's it's a fun movie. If you like, you know, that era's goofy buddy cop movies, because it, it's really kind of a buddy cop horror reanimator twist. I have not seen it. So just I'm to reiterate. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Go right ahead. All right. Or Netflix, maybe. Gary, you had no idea that he was writing in no. about that film. No. <laughs> yes, and I have that much it. useless crap stored in my head. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we should do wrap ups on State of Grace, and that would start with Brent. It always starts with Brent. Uh, yeah, State of Grace. Um, well, it's what do you want from me? I mean, it's it's an Irish mob movie, and it's fantastic. There, there's there. <laughs> Gary says I'm racist, but I'm not. I, you know, I mean, he you, is. There are, it's almost a genre at this point, right? I mean, like an Irish mob movie, you're going to get your drinking, you're going to get your smoking, and you're going to get your shooting. And, like this film delivered on all those three three uh, tent poles. And for that, I love it. Uh, there's more to it than that, <laughs> which I think we could. <laughs> just right just I th- bring it down to exploitation. But yeah, I mean, like, like if... <laughs> If there if there ever comes a time where I see an Irish mob movie where I don't see somebody either drinking, smoking, or shooting, I'll be pissed off. But you this... slap the director in the face, sir, because that is a false interpretation. Well, wait. Now I'm not saying that this film is only that. I'm saying that that is a big part of you know like the the tropes of an Irish mob movie. And I hope I'm not offending you. I don't mean to at all. Oh, we're way past that. You just go right ahead. <laughs> but I mean, on top of that, this film is—it's good. It's—it's a—it's a good drama. It's a good uh, thriller. It's a good intrigue. I mean, like, there—it's a good story, you know. Bottom line, and 
I think that like if you like movies in general, I mean it's even shot. It's amazing the way it's shot. Uh, uh, who's the the what was it? Jordan. Jordan Cronenworth. Jordan Cronenworth. I mean, yeah. like I think that films, not only mobster but other you know I, other films since have but have have had that style um, that has you know been inspired by films like this. Um, and maybe he was inspired by like Godfather and stuff like that, but whatever. I, I think that it's, it's all in that vein. I mean, like when you go and see a Western, you want it to look like a Western. You want it to feel like a Western. When you go to see a mobster movie, you want it to look like a mobster movie and feel like it. And it, this one definitely does. So I would, I would recommend it to anybody, everybody go see it and watch it and love it. And, uh, yeah, Colin. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I didn't, you know, didn't know what I was getting into with it. Well, yeah, okay, I had an idea. I mean, for some reason, well, I, thought, I also yeah. thought Brent that Mickey Rourke was in this movie. I right? thought, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought he sure. was. I totally <laughs> thought he was. <laughs> or is it a prayer for the dying? Isn't he in a prayer for the dying? Nobody knows the prayer for the dying. I keep saying this all night long. It's like, yeah, yeah, prayer for the dying, and everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought his name was in the credits. Well, there was probably an O'Rourke. There was probably an O'Rourke. That shows racism. (laughs) (laughs) But boy, yeah. Bunch of Peters and... uh... (laughs) Uh, Patty. Oh, sorry. Uh, Patty O'Rourke. Okay, yeah. So, I think... uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that makes this movie, well, there's a couple things, I guess. Like, you look at, okay, performances, I think, are all stellar. I think this is one of those movies that probably, I don't know if it was up for awards. Was it up for awards? Probably not, because it's a, still a genre kind of movie. But so was The Departed. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, The Departed is... But uh, that's after Donnie Brasco, and you can push it into the next level. You know, these are... It's interesting that you say that, because uh, some of what they were doing with the undercover character, it, it he felt a bit naive a lot. And wh- what they were doing, it, it didn't feel like other uh, of these type of movies, where you've got the undercover cop doing whatever the hell. Uh, I think that maybe is because either this was early in that cycle... Or, or they were intentionally trying to do something different. It, it read as a little bit naive to me, you know, watching it now. But that's because I've seen like so much other shit. I think uh, it's very well performed. I think it's uh, I don't know if I'd say like it's the most clever written thing. It's it's well written, but I think the actors elevate it. Right? I think the screenplay was uh, the, yes. <laughs> I think all the people in this movie. For that reason alone, like if you're into acting and performances or whatever in a movie, like they, it's transportive, uh, transportative, transportive, 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 uh, which is what you expect from great. <laughs> like, what's the dictionary? Yeah, get the captain go. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, it was interesting. You were, I was, were we talking about it as entertainment? It's like, I don't know if it's entertain. I mean, it is entertainment to like a certain extent, but like. You know, when you get dramas like these, it is kind of like showing you, like, because it feels very real and, like, somebody somewhere who wrote this thing, like, lived something. You know, it's like, did this spring wholly from somebody somebody's imagination or they had friends who lived in Hell's Kitchen and this is somehow based on people that they yeah. knew or something. So it kind of, that's more what it feels like. These are, like, these opportunities where you get to see, you know, especially when it's acted very well. <clears throat> You know, it gets you, lets you see how the other half lives, kind of, and appreciate, you know, 
the things that motivate them and stuff like that, you know, it's like, that's kind of what I get out of, you know, good yeah. dramas. I think this right. is a good drama. I think, uh, so if we're looking at, at that, I think, uh, you know, the acting, the performances, I think the cinematography was like something that called attention to itself. Um, you know, I mean, every time there's Venetian blinds and windows casting these long, you know, uh, shadows everywhere. I mean, it's very noir kind of in a way, but you know, then it's 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 noir grunge, right? The New yeah. York looks very grungy, oh, absolutely. Uh, wet, you know, like just dark, you know, rat infested. You know, um, it's a very cinematic looking movie. Uh, I think we didn't point out, but like uh, Ennio Morricone did the music, but it's like. And he's, you know, a famous Italian film composer. Did Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, whatever. Guy's 82 or something, 80, older than that. He's done hundreds of movie scores in his life. So he knows mob movies. I'm sure he's done hundreds of them, right? Yeah. Uh, it was a very understated score, right? I mean, he did Once Upon a Time in America. You know? Yeah. I mean, that was, you know. And, uh, but it was like, you know, there was like a theme that kind of came in here and there, but they would always play it really low. And it was like, I knew he did the music, but it didn't like call attention to itself. Which I couldn't hum it now if you asked yeah. me to. Yeah. But that's interesting getting an Italian guy who's familiar with Italian mob movies to do an Irish, okay. Uh, <laughs> an Irish mob <laughs> movie. And, uh, the director is, uh, Phil, how do we say his last name? Jonal. Jonal. Yeah. Right. Which, uh, I know him from uh, Three O'clock High and yeah, Final Analysis. Yeah. I think are like the main two that I've seen. Um, so it's like it's hard to say. I mean, I know he did the Gridiron Gang. Gridiron Gang. He also did a, the Punisher short, Dirty Laundry, which a lot of people won't know unless you're comic related. But I saw it with Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Reprising, yeah. well, he was reprising to his, bring his Punisher. Role back. Yeah. yeah, role. Yeah. He also did U2's Rattle and Hum. Right. Because I think, I want to say he was a music video <laughs> director before that. But, it, you know, I remember at the time that 3 O'Clock High came off, they, somebody, Leonard Malton or something, reviewed it saying something to the effect of, you know, showy camera work. And it's like, is this showy? I mean, it it comes off as, like, standard now. Maybe it was showy in, like, 1990. I, you know, right. I don't know. It, it has a, you know... It moves around. It reminded me of like it, you know, like the New York stuff in Highlander or something like that. And that was another music video guy did that. But um, yes, I would recommend uh, State of Grace. It's a very fine film. Okay, uh, I love State of Grace. Obviously, the the performances by Sean Penn, Gary Oldman, and Ed Harris are fantastic. Uh, Robin Wright Penn. We've talked about her range in this movie. Uh, the thing to me is it shows brotherhood and it almost shows that that terry and jackie are more brothers than frankie and jackie you know in the end and and i think it shows that childhood loyalty yeah. to their friends when it comes to stevie getting killed uh it, it's just always been a great movie to me and, and i and i think you're right jackie jackie does bring across that that crazy character he's the one that you know it kind of almost, I don't want to say hooker with a heart of gold kind of thing, but he does have that point where if you're on his side and you're his friend, he loves you and he will back you to the, to the wall. If yeah. you're crossing, he'll cut your head off and throw it in the dryer on 42nd street. He already said that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they really don't care. It, it, it's in a world where love, loyalty, and friendship really becomes a blurred line because it's, it's, it crosses with these brutal actions that you just don't associate with that i mean in the at us as rational people right yeah. but these people in this life it's absolutely normal for them you know and i mean 
even Frankie, some of the decisions he comes to, if you're going to lead an organized uh, crime family, you have to be willing to make those calls. You know, whether it was Stevie, Jackie, you have to be the one that steps up and goes, you know what? They're going to ca- they're going to cause us problems. They have to be eliminated. I don't give a damn who you are. I don't care if I grew up with you because even Donnie Brasco, they said when when you get that call, you know you're called in. You're gonna you know you're going to die, and it's going to be your best friend that pulls the trigger. But don't Same you think that is, best friend is a big difference for me? Like your brother? Like no, you, not in this not in this no? situation. Not not when you get into that that organized. But crime level, if, okay, you well, understand. If, if it was Italian, it would be different, though, right? Uh, the no? Italians have whacked their own family members yeah. when it has to have be Have you not seen Godfather yeah. I mean, uh, Sammy yeah, the Bull yeah. Gravano. Sammy the Bull Gravano killed his brother-in-law and then laid with his sister, you know, over and, and over again. laid with his sister. Well, but that's, uh, I'm saying, but he... <laughs> and he, laid with his sister. <laughs> Look, let me, let me have my Sunday morning sermon, damn it. We, but no, we, we, found, we found Travis. <laughs> he, he, killed, he killed his brother-in-law and still went on through life, you know, right, with his wife and, you know, their nieces and nephews. You know, this is a, this is a reality. When you get into that life, you understand... And they tell you, this comes before even your own family. You know, that gets into an organized crime, whether it be bikers, street gangs, whatever. This comes before even your own family. If you're not willing to do that, don't join up because you may be called on to make these kind of decisions. And, And in the end, and that's what I respect, Frankie does make that decision. He hates it. He doesn't like what he has to do, but it has to be done. He pays for it in the end. You know, because then you you have the vendetta that's called out. So, uh, great range in this movie. Uh, To me, it's always felt like, it made me feel like I never want to go to New York because it does have that dirty, Uh, nasty feeling. And in fact, uh, we we had talked a little bit about, uh, uh, oh, God, now I'm forgetting the movie. Here it comes. Departed? Uh, the Departed, thank you, Jesus Christ. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Well, actually, I do know why I couldn't remember that. But he's anyway, drinking, ladies yes, and exactly. gentlemen. Exactly. But even when, even in the part where the Italians are kind of shaking down the store owner in that movie, and he goes, "Well, you know, you took, you, you opened a business in an Irish neighborhood. These are dirty, dirty people. You know, that's kind of how they're felt by the Italians. They they look down on them. But yeah. but then if they they know the Italians, in, whether it be in movies or actual reality. If you need something done and it's got to be brutal, quick, and fast, call the Irish kids in. Whether it be the Westies, the Southies, whatever it takes. You know, <coughs> uh, Sean Penn, love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of his behind maybe, uh, I want to say Dead Man Walking, Mystic River. These are all, those three are my tops for him. Uh, and then Ed Harris, like I said, we all try to forget his dance scene in Creepshow. But uh, Just Cause is another one, great one of his. Three great performances by actors, Gary Oldman, Sean Penn, and Ed Harris. And even Robin Wright, future Penn, does a great performance in this movie. So uh, I, I love this movie. I picked it. I, I'll always recommend it. It's one of my favorite Irish mob movies. So that's it for me. And that's State of Grace on the Saturday Night Freak Show. You can find all of our previous episodes on SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com or on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Tuner Radio, or wherever free podcasts are found. Next week, Brent should be up, but Brent's going on vacation because it's Christmas time. I keep getting screwed. Yeah, this is the second time he's gotten bumped. (laughs) 
All I'm going to say is... So I'm getting bumped up in this magical warming, warming glow of the holiday season. So I figured I've got to pick a Christmas movie, you know. So I'm, we're going to watch Eyes Wide Shut. So that's because next nothing week. says Christmas oh, wow. like that. <laughs> but you want to have that conversation, yes. don't you? Uh, you so I wish it's coming. I wish I was here. So that's next week on the well, Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs> and until then, the basement is closed.